Welcome back to another episode of Little Podcast of Horror. I am your host, Anthony, and today we'll be discussing a movie some of you may know about, maybe not all of you. The movie we'll be discussing today is Boogeyman 2. Now you may ask, why not start with Boogeyman 1? Well, I didn't mind the first Boogeyman movie. It was kind of good, but I really enjoyed Boogeyman 2 because of a lot of the kills in it. They're really unique. haven't really seen some kills like this in movies. So, Boogeyman 2 came out in 2001, and it was directed by Jeff Bedencourt. Now, the cast really wasn't anyone I noticed except for Tobin Bell, which we all know him as Jigsaw. So with that, let's just go ahead and get started. So our movie starts with a family celebrating their daughter, Laura's birthday, and they get her one of those huge ass dollhouses. I know you've seen them in movies where the dollhouse is about the size of a child, really huge. She screams about how much she loves it. And then we see Laura's brother, Henry. He goes off to use the bathroom, but stops in the hallway and stares at the dark. And we find out that he's terrified of the dark. So he comes back into the family room and he's wiggling around. And the dad says, didn't you go to the bathroom? And he said, yeah. He said, come on, we talked about this. You're too old to still be afraid of the dark. So, uh, his sister, Laura, she ends up saying, well, Dad, the light went out again. Can you fix it? So, the dad fixes it, and Henry goes to use the bathroom. Well, after he comes out and starts to go up the stairs, we see a crack in the door. And Henry closes it. And then we see our first trope, which we've seen in many movies. The door opens back up on its own again. We then see Laura playing with her dollhouse. And she keeps seeing a flickering light. She looks through the window of her dollhouse and sees her dad on a ladder messing with the light again. But she also sees a dark figure in the room with her dad. The figure, which we see is a person wearing a black coat pants, gloves, and has a dark hood over his face. Walk up to the dad and stabs him in the gut with a knife and slices it clear up his chest and we see his intestines fall out. Now, we may have seen this a lot in horror movies. Sometimes it looks good, other times not so much. This time it actually did look pretty good. The effects were really good on this kill. The kids both end up hearing a scream 
They don't know where it came from. So Laura and Henry start walking through the house and they come across a severed foot on the ground. They start to really freak out and then they walk into the kitchen where they see their mom impaled with a knife in her neck to the wall. The killer pops up and Laura screams and the screen goes black. Then we cut to the title card. Ten years later, we see Laura talking to a therapist, Dr. Jessica, at a clinic Henry is at. Talking about when they were little, thinking it was the boogeyman they saw, but as they got older, found out it was an intruder. We see Henry coming out of a door, and he's basically leaving the clinic. So we see them both walking through the park, talking and eating ice cream, and Laura says she recorded all his TV shows on TiVo. Wow, now that's a thing in the past. I don't know if all of you remember that, but now, of course, we have, what, DVR, streaming. (laughs) He tells her he has a job interview in San Francisco, and she says, oh, you're just now telling me this? She gets pissed about it, and then they both walk off. We then cut to Henry folding clothes and putting him in a suitcase and Laura is talking to him, but he's not responding. And she just says, what? So now you're not talking to me. She looks down on the floor and sees a pool of blood coming from under the bed at Henry's feet. She gets a little freaked out. Then we see an arm come up through the open suitcase with a knife and stabs Henry through the neck. Not a bad looking scene. Laura screams and wakes up from a nightmare she was having about that. When the camera pans away, we see she has so many lights on in her room. We see she has at least two lamps on, two or three lamps, a TV, two spotlights. That's just overkill. So clearly she's also terrified of the dark like Henry, but how in the hell do you sleep with that many lights on? I know I sure as hell couldn't. Our next scene, we see the outside of the clinic, and damn, that building is huge. It definitely looks like a place you would see some of those ghost hunting shows in. We see Laura check herself into the clinic, and we hear one of the other patients, Nikki, yell at a nurse, calling her a crazy bitch. We then find out from Dr. Jessica that Nikki has a fear of gaining weight. All the other patients at the clinic also have a fear of something, which will come back later in the movie. We then see Laura in her room at the clinic, unpacking. When she puts her suitcase in the closet, the light goes off and she freaks out. When she turns the light back on, she she has a flashback of the killer coming down the stairs at her old house. Laura backs up only to have someone touch her shoulder and she freaks out. But it's only a patient and his friend. So we meet Mark and our germaphobe Paul, which you can already guess what he's afraid of. And Mark is also afraid of the dark. So our next scene, we see all the other patients sitting in group talking about their fears. And we see another patient, Allison, and she's a cutter. We see all the scars on her arms, but not much really goes on in this scene. So now it's nighttime and we see Mark and Paul playing foosball. And an orderly gives Mark a small envelope. Mark walks off. And then we cut back to Laura in her room, removing our closet door. We then cut back to Mark going down a stairwell and down to a records room. He opens the envelope to pull out a joint. 
He sits down in a chair and pulls out a bag of chips and starts digging through a stack of files to pull out a porn mag. Not a bad spot to hide a porn mag. Now, from smoking weed in the past, I don't think I ever ate chips or ate anything when I smoked. I don't know about you guys, but normally I waited until after the munchies kicked in, but that's what we see Mark do. But he hears the door open and is startled, so he puts the joint out and hides his stash. Mark walks out into a long hallway and looks back and forth, but he sees at one end that the lights start turning off. Freaked out, he screams, I'm still down here. And they all start turning off one by one. So he's running down the hallway as fast as he can. And he runs all the way to an elevator, but the elevator's not open. Just the doors are open, but just barely enough that he can't even get in. And he's fighting to try to open the doors. And after it's pitch black in there, and that's the only light we can see, we end up hearing a noise. It sounds like someone pulls out a weapon and then the sound of Mark being gutted, which we don't actually see. We then see the nurse goes downstairs from hearing a noise and she keeps hearing the elevator trying to go up, but it's making a sound like it's stuck. The lights come back on and we see Mark is cut in half and his torso is hanging upside down from the doors. Pretty good effect. He doesn't look too fakey looking. I'll give him that. It, it looked good. We cut back to the patients and doctors in group talking about Mark being killed. And like all movies, the doctors are saying it was an accident. Uh, of course it was. Our next scene, we see Laura and Henry talking on the phone about what happened. And Henry is on a flip phone. Now, okay, this is 2001. Weren't smartphones a thing by now? I could be wrong, but... That's one thing I don't miss as a flip phone. They were just so small and the texting, ugh, that really sucked. <clears throat> Excuse me. We then cut to Laura getting out of the shower and she sees a bloody towel. She's a little freaked out, but then she sees a lot of blood going down the drain. So she follows the blood trail to a shower stall and sees a foot hanging out. Scared, she pulls on the cat. The curtain back and sees Alice in the cutter with a big-ass pair of scissors slicing a deep cut into her leg. It's a pretty gnarly-looking cut, and ugh. She, Allison sees her, she screams, and tells her to get the fuck out. So, we see Laura walking down the hallway to her room, and she notices some lights flickering. When she looks, she sees a figure standing there in all black, wearing the coolest looking mask. The best way to describe it, I'd say it's a dark brown kind of skull-like looking mask with like a big huge grin and a bunch of teeth on it. And then we just see it has a bunch of kind of scraggly looking hair that comes down the sides of it. And he's wearing all black, almost kind of trench coat-like or like just a huge black coat. Yeah, coat. But we see the lights flicker again, and the figure is gone. She ends up running into Nikki in the hallway, and Nikki tells her to come to her room with her. But when they turn around to walk back towards Nikki's room, we see Nikki is holding a puke bucket in her hand, and uh, 
their backs are both to a video camera, so that way they can't see her with it. So they get into Nikki's room, and they and Laura sees a picture of another patient there named Darren, and he's a glorophobic, someone who's afraid of the outside world. She says they look pretty cute together. Nikki gets pissed and kicks her out of her room. Laura hears some scrubbing and on a floor when she's walking down the hallway and she walks towards Paul's room and he's looks like a uh, one of those brush pads and he's scrubbing the hell out of his floors and on his doors. She kind of just says hi to him, walks off, and we see a bunch of containers and totes with all of his things in it. We cut back to Nikki looking at herself in the mirror and she takes her robe off looking at herself topless and looking disgusted. I don't get why she, I mean, yeah, her whole fear of gaining weight, but I mean, just seeing her in that shot, she didn't look bad to me, but nah. there's a lot of cutting back and forth between Nikki and Paul. So now we see Paul in his room again and he's eating a bag of chips when he reaches in for more chips again. We see he pulls out a cockroach and eats it. Until he realizes what it is, he spits it out and drops the bag, which we see is full of cockroaches. It's so damn gross. He panics and tries to find water, but all his bottles of water are empty in his room. He falls on the ground, panicking and breathing real heavy. He looks up and is startled to see the boogeyman standing in his doorway, or the killer. So the killer kicks a bottle of cleaner at Mark. He kind of looks at it at first, grabs it, and just rips the top off and starts chugging it. We then see Allison walking down the hall, calling out to Paul, and when she opens his door, Darren is in there trying to help Paul, but blood is all over Paul's shirt, and he's foaming at the mouth, and a hole is in his neck just covered with blood. So now more people show up and they see Paul is dead. So the nurse runs to the front desk and tries to use the phone. But surprise, it doesn't work, just like all horror movies. And since the phone doesn't work, then they can't get the doors to open either because they're electronic and the only way to open them is through the phones. So Dr. Jessica tells the nurse to go down in the basement and try to see if she can get the phones working again. So Allison, Darren, Laura, and Nikki start talking about who they think killed Mark, and Laura starts to think, well, maybe the killer is killing us off in ways that we fear. So we see Dr. Jessica go to the basement looking for the nurse that went down there. Okay. First of all, you'd never go into a dark basement. Come on, we've all seen the horror movies. Nothing ever good happens in a basement. One, the killer's at least always down there or has traps set down there. And you pretty much get killed every time you go down there. But she goes down anyways to look for her. She can't really seem to find her. And she starts hearing all these electric noises and popping noises of like wires and things. She starts getting a little jumpy and she walks onto the floor and looks down and sees that it's covered in water. She looks up again and sees the mass killer and he's standing behind a chain link fence with some wires in his hands. She starts to panic and says, no, please don't. And he throws the wires on the floor, electrocuting her. 
So next we see Darren and Nikki in the showers and they kiss and don't really care about this scene. We then cut to Allison waking up with duct tape on her mouth and all over her body. She's taped to her bed. She looks down and maggots are all over her arms. So gross. A few of them actually start to go into the cuts in her arms and they make the goofiest ass sound when they do. But then you start seeing them wiggling around in her arms. She's crying and freaking out. She looks over and sees the masked killers watching her in the doorway. And at some point, which we never seen, she ends up seeing a scalpel is on her chest. So she grabs it with one of her free hands and slices a huge ass chunk out of her arm. I mean, it was gnarly. So then she basically just digs her fingers into that gaping wound and starts pulling out handfuls and handfuls of maggots, throwing them on the ground. It was a pretty good looking scene, like real gory. So Laura ends up walking by and comes across Allison's room and sees her and freaks out. She runs down the hallway screaming for help and Darren and Nikki hear her and run up to her. She tells them about Allison and says she'll show them. Trope number two. They come back and the body is gone. There's no blood, no maggots. It's kind of funny how quick killers can make bodies and blood vanish just like that. We've seen it a lot in movies and man, they do move pretty quick getting rid of bodies. So you basically see the three of them running around looking for anyone else that could be alive. And Darren tells Laura that when Henry was at the clinic, Dr. Allen locked him in a closet to face his fears. So we then see Laura break into Dr. Allen's office, which if I got, forgot to mention, Dr. Allen is Tobin Bell. She finds her file in a desk and skims through it, but finds a hidden file with a bunch of articles of people murdered and claimed it was the boogeyman that killed them. We then see a file of the guy from the first movie, which we never did find out his fate, but in the file it said he was also committed himself at this clinic and then he committed suicide. They freak out more and then Darren and Nikki go to his room and Laura goes off by herself. Such a dumb idea. We've also seen it many times, and normally you get killed when you go by yourself. Darren freaks out more and kicks Nikki out of his room, and he throws a tantrum and punches his mirror. Great going, dumbass. He leaves his room and goes and bandages his hand up, and when he goes back into his room, he hears a tape recorder of a session that he had with Dr. Allen, we see the killer behind him, and the killer throws Darren on the bed, and the killer has some sort of, I don't know if this is a medical tool or what, but it has blades on both ends of it. I mean, <clears throat> this thing was gnarly looking. Stabs Darren on in the chest with it, and we see it starts to twist like a little handle, and it's like a crank, and it actually starts pulling his chest open, just enough that the killer reaches in and pulls his heart out. Pretty cool last scene. I'll give him that. It, it looked pretty good. We cut back to Laura in her room and she hears some screaming. So she's walking down the hallway trying to find where it's coming from. And she comes across the room and sees Nikki strapped to a table with tubes in her arms and her neck and some in her mouth. She looks pretty damn gross looking. She's being pumped full of this yellow looking liquid. And when Laura tries to free her, we just hear an explosion 
and I don't, we don't really see it. So I'm assuming it was either her stomach or her neck that exploded and Laura just gets covered in gore. Laura gets grabbed from behind by the killer, but somehow manages to get away. Then she runs down the stairs to the file room near the basement, hiding from the killer. Which, I don't see how the heck the killer didn't even find her, because when, when you see this file room, it's not very big to begin with. <clears throat> so Laura waits it out in the file room for a long time until the killer finally leaves. She walks into another room and she hears mumbling. She flicks on a lighter and sees Jessica still alive, but it's like a vegetable, basically. Just mumbling around, saying words that don't make sense, and she starts talking really loud, so she tells her to be quiet and puts duct tape over her mouth. Laura grabs a wrench from a table and turns to see the killer behind her, and she hits him in the head and runs off. Then it's just a chase scene. Yeah, we've seen them in movies. More chasing and the killer and Laura are in a boiler room. The killer finally looks up, sees she's on top of some metal grating, and she sets off the fire alarm. And instead of the room filling up with water, like normally, it's filled up with smoke and Laura runs out. She runs right into Dr. Allen and she tells him the boogeyman is chasing her, but he doesn't believe her. And he says, well, I've seen all the bodies and... We're just going to call the cops about this. And he tries to give her a sedative, but the killer is behind Dr. Allen and he stabs him in the back. When Dr. Allen is falling to the ground, he pulls out the killer's mask and we see it is Henry. I didn't really find that much of a shock. I mean, granted, I've seen this a lot, but I kind of had a feeling about him that he might have been the killer. So we cut to a flashback and we see Henry in the group and Dr. Allen shoves him in the closet and locks the door. Henry's freaking out and sees the boogeyman in the closet and his face looks real similar to the mask Henry wears. Henry puts the mask back on and chases after Dr. Allen. So Laura grabs a hammer and runs off to find them. Laura finds Dr. Allen dead with two syringes in his eyes. She looks over and sees Henry is is chasing is she's being chased by henry she comes across his lair and finds everything he used to kill all the patients with we see the cockroaches we see the puke bucket in there and cameras are showing out all the patients rooms so laura grabs a pair of some hedge clippers and hides under a table you then see henry walks into the room looking around for her and she just pops up from underneath that table stabs him in the neck and it goes all the way through to the back of his neck. He just falls down on the ground and his neck just slides all the way down towards the blade and down down the blades all the way to the handle. And when the handle is opened up, cuts his head clean off. Really good ass scene. Like, so damn gory. So our next scene, we see the cops show up and they're talking to Laura and she's asking them if they found Jessica. And they said, well, no, you're the only survivor we found. A cop walks up to the detective and says, hey, we found something. So they walk up to the killer's dead body. They pull the mask off and they see it's Jessica, not Henry. Another classic trope. We've seen this in Halloween H2O when Lori cut off Michael's head. They took the mask off and revealed it was a paramedic. They also did it and Valentine as well. So Jessica screams and says, no, Henry's still alive. 
He's still here. You have to get him. Screen goes black. Roll credits. Now, the movie, <clears throat> the movie got a 5 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a little low, and I've seen a lot of the reviews were pretty bad for it. I actually like the movie a lot just because of the kills. They were really unique. I personally would have given the movie at least a 7 out of 10. It's not the greatest. I've definitely seen better, but... Well... Like the whole maggot scene, and like that was pretty gross, but just her slicing into her arms, like... That, that was pretty good. I'll, I'll give him that. A lot of the effects and the gore were really good. But if you guys haven't seen this... I'd recommend it. I had fun watching it several times. And I don't know. Let me know what you think of the movie. Maybe you might like it as well. Or just like it only for the kills like I did. But with that, you can follow me on Instagram at LittlePodHorror. And don't forget to... Check out on Facebook my friend's website to check to uh, get some really awesome masks for haunting because these guys do an amazing job, as you heard on my first podcast. And as you can also tell from my logo, that's the mask that I wear that they made for me. And um, our next episode will kind of, I was thinking Boogeyman 3 or Wrong Turn, possibly. But I'll let you guys know which one it is or, well, basically you'll see on the next episode when it comes up. And, uh, well, with that, I really don't have too much more. So, until next time, later.